we give you the praise that only you deserve. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for what you are set to do in our lives tonight. We celebrate you ahead of time and we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, celebrate God with a louder amen and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Please be seated in God's wonderful presence. Praise God. I'm very excited about tonight. If you think yesterday was anything, <laughs> ah, you have no idea what God has in store for you tonight. I'm very excited and it's a true honor to introduce God's servant tonight. These are two of my favorite people in the world. Very, very dear to me. They are family. Um, the argument is who I love more. Pastor, you and I know the answer to that question. Um, who I love more, but Diola, you know that I love you. Pastor, <laughs> um, is a teacher. Um, a great teacher of God's word. No dramatics, no gimmicks. Just simple, true, pure, unadulterated word of God. And... I know he doesn't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I said it earlier. I call him a baker. Pastor is a baker in the kingdom of God. He, every time I say it, he blushes blue, purple, green. That's his look. <laughs> I, I say it as it is. And those that know, know me know that I say it as it is. Um, I was telling them today on my edgy life that, you know, some people, they will borrow bread. They will borrow jam, put it together. And then people will say, oh my God, these people make the best sandwiches. Pastor bakes bread from scratch. Hallelujah. So tonight you're going to encounter God's word. What I want you to do is I want your heart to be open. Um, do not be moved by how gentle he looks. Once he starts teaching the word, he becomes a different person. So <laughs> I know there's a video, but I had to just come up and say this because, um, and, I, and I don't flatter. So I'm sure you know that I don't flatter. Um, Pastor is a true teacher of the word. And anytime I hear him minister, I am challenged to study the word more. I am absolutely jealous of how much anointing he has when he releases the word. In a good kind of way, Pastor Ayo. I will plan you no evil, but I just want to encourage you tonight. So please, let your hearts be open and let there be a pull on him tonight. When I say there's a pull, Pastor Chike got it when he said we have protocol. If he can't walk, we'll carry him out. And thank God he came with his wife so she can massage him and do all the things. But let him live here empty. Yes. Mainland people is their business. Collect what he came with. If they see anyone to take, that's their lot. But what he brought, collect everything. Everything. And what, the only way to do that is to place a demand on the spirit of God and the grace that is upon his life. So I want your heart to be open tonight. Um, before we welcome him up, let's watch the video. Danny is the founder and president of the Tribe Petra Ministries and the senior pastor of Petra Christian Center Churches globally. Fast growing church ministry with centers in Lekki, Ikeja, and Abuja. His teaching and healing ministries, spanning over two decades, has impacted thousands of lives around the globe. He is graced with a unique ability to communicate God's word in a simple, practical, yet powerful way. 
Pastor Ayo is the convener of the citywide meetings such as prayer seminars, rain conference, the festival, and the festival convention, where the Word of God is taught and an atmosphere is created for the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is also the president of the Petro Leadership College, a ministry training outfit set to equip and resource the body of Christ. He's happily married with his wife and best friend, Adola Ajani, and they have three children. So with Jesus joy and a DCC welcome, please help me welcome Pastor Ayo Ajani. I know DCC, you can do better than that. Praise the Lord. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so Especially thank Pastor Kinsley and uh, Pastor Mildred for the privilege and the opportunity. Um, I said to Pastor M in the office, and I'm going to say it publicly again that, um, okay, I'd leave that till some other time. But let me say this that there's, I'm not sure there's any couple who have um, been intentional about pastoring my wife and I as Pastor Kinsley and Pastor Mildred, not one on the face of the earth. And um, I say that with all sense of, I mean, I'm standing on the altar, so I'm not flattering. And I want to thank you, Ma. I want to thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord. You know, in John chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus went to a pool called Bethsaida that had five porches. And the scripture tells us that Jesus went um, and walked around. If you read the description of that pool, it was what you'll call a rendezvous of broken humanity. The maimed, the blind, the halt, the deaf, every single condition was there. Anyone you can think of was there. And what was it about that pool? It was said that at a certain time, an angel from heaven came that stared the water and the first person to jump into it got healed. Now, many Bible scholars and students, many of us will think that was an annual occurrence. But there's nothing like that in that scripture that says it was an annual occurrence. It says, at a certain time, it could be stared today at 3 a.m. And the next time is 9 p.m. And the next is 10 years time. You had no idea when the water was going to be stirred. It could be at 2 a.m. The water will be stirred. But the Bible says that Jesus got to that pool and walked down past every single person. And walked to a man who had been there for 38 long years. The Bible says he knew in his heart that he had been there in that condition for a long time. Now, I understand we fit And Bible students, we would say there's something about faith that draws Jesus, right? But if you read the scripture, this man had no faith. Because Jesus came to him and begins to talk to him. And Jesus asked him, what is it that you want? Do you want to be made whole? I'm imagining that Jesus shows up in your house and is asking you that question. Do you want that capital? Do you want whatever it is? I don't know what it is that you're believing the Lord for. The Bible says, Jesus asked him, would you be made whole? And in the next verse, we hear the most foolish verbiage ever. That a man stands before the creator of the universe. And the creator is giving him a blank check. Will thou be made whole? And what was the answer of the man? I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, and that's not all. He's now even angry. He says, but while I am coming, another steps in before me. So first, I have no man. Second is, somebody else has succeeded. There's there's no chance for me to succeed anymore. And then Jesus makes a statement. You see, because I want you to understand this. I remember praying as a young man, and I asked the Lord, I said, Why is this in the Bible? Because this man, this is not a scripture to teach us about miracles or about faith. The man had no faith whatsoever. Why is this in the Bible? The Bible tells us that Jesus looked at the man and said, let me put it in my own way. The day and the time has come where you don't have to wait for the steering of the water. You have been waiting for the stirring of the water all of your life and hoping that one day you would be able to jump in when the water is stirred. Jesus said, I am the living word. The word is always stirred. Always. 
And this is the big mistake we make in the body of Christ. We're waiting for one special prayer meeting. We're waiting for one special meeting somewhere. Somebody with a great grace and with a great anointing somewhere. And we're thinking, if only I can get into that meeting. If only I can get that person to pray for me. If only I can get that person to lay hands on me. Hear this. There will be nothing on earth that's more anointed than the word of God. Nothing. So the days of waiting for the waters to be steered are over. The word is always steered. Now, I want to ask the person beside you, are you ready to jump into the water of the word tonight? Are you ready to jump into that water tonight? Tell that person the word is always steered. Say this, I'm getting something tonight. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that you're standing. I realize that it's the preachers only that stand all true. So we'll do this together tonight, right? That's, I mean, so you'd be able to say we preach together. Did you ever read in 1 Samuel chapter 13? I, I was praying earlier on this year, and I remember sharing with um, PK and PM. I was praying earlier on this year, and the Lord began to show me something. About how that if you study 1 Samuel chapter 13, it tells us that a war broke out. And the Philistines came up against the children of Israel. And the Bible says that in the whole of Israel, there was no smith found. So much so that there was no sword in the hand of any of the children of Israel, save in the hands of Saul and Jonathan, the king and his son. And if the Israelites had to sharpen, it says, now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. It says, verse 20, but all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share, his coulter, his axe, and his mattock. Verse 21. Look at what it says. He says, yet they had a file from, no, they didn't have cutlass. They had to use the little ones for the foxes, for the axes, and to sharpen the gods. They had to go to the land of the Philistines. Verse 22. So it came to pass in the day of battle, that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. But with Saul and Jonathan, his son, was there found. So in the day of battle, only the emojis had sword. Are you following what I'm saying here? And that's why, candidly, when Pastor K shared the vision of this meeting with me, it resonated in my heart because God is putting the sword back in the hands of the believers. And hear this. The only thing that is offensive in the armor of God that we have is the word of God. I hope you know prayer is not offensive. You can pray all you like and call it whatever name you want to call it. It is not offensive. What makes it offensive is the content. No, you go read the whole armor of God. Imagine you have that soldier dressed in that armor without a sword. How useless is he? And it's amazing that what he calls the sword is the one we will not... Let me ask you a question. If you were to call anyone the sword, which one would you call it? Prayer. That's the one we will call, particularly in Africa and in Nigeria. That's the one we will call the sword. Which other one? Faith, right? That's the one we'll call the sword. The very one that we won't give attention to, he calls it the sword of the spirit. Do you see how many believers 
are ill-equipped in the day of battle. Glory to God. And that's why I believe God has called for this meeting to equip his children. Hallelujah. And tell the person beside you, I'm taking my sword. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated and put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I listened to Pastor M yesterday and it was a, you know, there are messages you call classics. It was a classic. You know, you can preach nice messages as a pastor, but there are some messages that are um, for the archives. Praise the Lord. And it was such a blessing. So I'm not going to go um, and repeat what PM has said so well. We're going to look into some other things. The priority of God's word and how the word works in our lives. We'll see how far we go tonight and trust that the Lord would um, speak to your heart tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you know that the measure of maturity is how well you can use the word. In the scriptures, now I'm not talking about Nigerian maturity. If we gathered in this place tonight, and I said, let's begin to pray, and somebody somewhere um, has a word, or begins to prophesy, or begins to pray passionately, what do we say immediately? That's, we call them spiri, right? That's, that's, how many of you know spiris? There's nothing wrong with being a spirit. I mean, I, I'm not saying it, there's anything wrong with it. But I'm saying that the measure of maturity for most of us is very different from the scriptures. The way we measure who is a mature believer, who is a mature Christian, is absolutely different from what the word of God shows us. Look at Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Let me just show you that very quickly. Hebrews chapter four, chapter five, pardon me, from verse 12. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teacher again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk, not of strong milk. It says, you've become such as have need of milk, not of strong meat. Now, can we read verse 13 together? For everyone that useth milk is unskillful. Now, I want you to underline that word, use it. Underline that word, use it, because it's very important. Tonight, um... You see, because the meeting is word feast, and um, there are several things a pastor can teach and excite the crowd. I believe that my assignment tonight is to take us back to the basics and establish us in the word of God. Now look at this. It says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful. Now, when we talk about milk and the stages of the word of God, many times we're talking about consumption. We're talking about, oh, you know, um, there's the milk level of the word, there's the meat level of the word, there's the strong meat level of the word, and all rest. Now, let me quickly tell you this, that there's really nothing like that. It's the receiver that determines what it is. In essence, one person can look at John three sixteen and it's strong meat. Another person sees it and it's milk. Don't get the notion or the idea that, you know, the strong meat is in Revelation and Daniel. And the milk is in Songs of Solomon. (laughs) Don't get that idea. It's the individual that determines what the word is in his life. So he says, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is what? A babe. I want you to observe that there is nothing here said about... How much word the person knows 
or how long the person has been saved. What is he talking about? Use. Say with me, use. So maturity is defined by use. Are you following this? You may know all the scriptures. You may even teach the word. That's why you have immature pastors. You can be a pastor and be a babe. Spiritual gifts and ministry offices does not confirm maturity. Maturity is a personal discipline and a personal journey. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's why I'm rushing here because I want to get as much as I can get get to you tonight. That's why when you study in 1 John, the second chapter, you know, the John and Epistle is one, is a masterpiece. John um, starts out talking to babes, and then he moves to talk to young men, and then he moves to talk to elders, and he will come back again. And if you're not careful, you're wondering, who is he talking to? For example, in chapter 1, he says, chapter 2, verse 1, he tells us, he says, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Later on, he goes on to tell us that he that has the seed of God, he that is begotten of God, sinneth not. In the same epistle, you just told us that if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. And then you move on and then you tell us that, hey, he that is begotten of God, sinneth not. And anyone who looks at it thinks it's a contradiction. No, he's talking to different classes of people. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, when he talks to the little ones, he says to them, to the children, he says, here is what characterizes the child. He says, I write unto you children because your sins are forgiven. Then he says, so what, what is it that the children are relating with? Oh, you know, I, I, my sins, my righteousness. And that's what they're relating with. But then he says, I write unto you fathers. He moves on to elders and fathers, which shouldn't be a bother or a problem. Because once you become a father, you're raptured. All right? And not just walk right into heaven. He says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Then he says, now, here is the focus, the young men. In the first part, he tells us, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. So what is the mark of maturity in the kingdom? He says, I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Then later on, he tells us, I write unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. Okay. Thank you very much. Verse 14. Now, can we read uh, the second sentence? I have written unto you, young men, because you are what? Come and talk to me. And the word of God, what? Now, because you pray so well, because you go to church so well, you will never find that in any of the epistles in the whole New Testament that they change the indices and the measurement of maturity. It is always in your use of the word. In essence, you may hold a title and be a babe. Hear this. Maturity is defined by the battles you win in your closets. And I'm talking about battles you win by the word of God. Listen, there are badges we carry. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying here? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody hailing you, oh, man, Spiro. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what did you go through in your life and you use the word what did you go? Look, look, can I have that scripture back? Verse 14. He says, because you are strong and the word of God abided in you and you have what? Overcome the wicked one. Now, he didn't say they prayed for you and you overcame the wicked one. Now, what are the three things he said? Let's say it again. Number one, because you are what? Come and talk to me. Because you're strong. And number two, the word of God abided in you. Number three. Who has overcome? Come on. Who has overcome? 
you know, PM and I were talking about, and, and it, it just blessed me a great deal. Here's the point. You have to, the, the, God does this, not even Satan. He does it in such a way that you have to get to the point where it's you and Satan alone. Without God, as it were. I know you're shocked. Go read the temptations of Jesus. The Bible says after, not during. After, I don't know if you've ever seen it before. That after Jesus had defeated Satan. The Bible says then Satan lived him for a season. And then the angels came to minister to him. After. Say with me after. So life is you and the word. God is watching, angels are watching, and your result is what's going to tell me what comes next. Tell the person beside you after. What is Christianity? And we need to get back to this. The real journey, what we call real Christianity, is you learning to use the word of God in your life. That's what Christianity is. It is you learning, becoming skillful. Skill is not something that you wake up with. There's exercise, there's discipline involved. Now, when you read that word skill that we read in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, when you read it from the literal Greek, it was used of those old um, Olympian uh, athletes. Now, so let's imagine that an athlete was supposed to run um, a hundred meter dash. And I, I mean, I studied a lot of this. So what they would do is this. They would wake up early in the morning. I want you to see the picture. When it's very cold. Now, they're going to run on plain ground. But they're going to run. Now, instead of plain ground, they look for a hill or something that has a slope. And they look for a hundred meters along that slope. And then they run it. Whatever time they want to achieve on straight ground. They try to achieve it on a slope. So what they are looking for, now follow this. They are looking for conditions that will never be as favorable as when they are on the real game. Are you following this here? So by the time they get to the real game, it's a walkover. The sun is at the right, I mean, the weather is conducive. There is no slope. You have done even worse in your closets. That's why, hear this, our greatest victories should not be public. They shouldn't be public. They shouldn't even be. They should be private victories where the word of God worked for you and you saw results. They should be private victories. And hear this, you're not growing if you're a prayer contractor. You're not. John chapter 1. You know why I like guest ministers? Is that they can say it and run away. <laughs> the only problem here is I cannot run away. <laughs> I'm going to get a call from Pastor K. John chapter 1. Praise the Lord forevermore. All right, let's run through this. From verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. Now, that word there is the word logos. And you know, when you start through the scriptures, there are two different words used for the word is logos and rema. Now, I'm not talking about rema in my conversation here. That's what many of us are used to. I'm talking about 
the written word of God. I'm talking about what he can do for us. In fact, if you read in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it's that same word, logos, that was used when he says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Not the power of his word. He's not upholding the world by power. He's upholding the world by word. He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's how he does everything. So he tells us, now let's read from verse 1 down to verse 4 together. And I'm going to draw out seven characters of the word of God tonight. And my strong desire tonight, and I prayed this, that God will break a hunger in your heart for his word. I mean a hunger, a hunger in your heart. I'm praying to God that you will realize and come to the fact that nothing exists without the word. Anything without the word is a facade, it's a shadow. Glory to God. And so let's read from verse 1 to verse 4 together. One to go. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. Verse 4. All right. Can we read from verse 1 again? Verse 1 down to verse 4. One to go. Now, I'm going to show you seven characteristics of the Word of God here. And um, we'll see how we project from there. Number one, he says, in the beginning. Say it with me, in the beginning. Say it with me, in the beginning. Now, number one, the Word is preeminent. As the first thing John was trying to show us, the Word has to have preeminence. Now, hear this. God's word does not work with anything else. It says you don't have the faith of Jesus with respect of men. You don't. So he says in the beginning, and we're talking about preeminence. You know, in Luke the 10th chapter, if you study it, it talks about Mary and Martha. Um, I'm sure you know the story. And the Bible tells us that Mary would sit at the feet of Jesus, listening to what the Lord was saying. And Martha was encumbered with so many things. I mean, she was running around. Now, if Jesus showed up in your house, won't you be encumbered? I mean, the Lord shows up in your house. You get news. Jesus is coming into your house. What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to bring out the gold plates. Um, I mean, ladies know what I'm talking about. That, that thing up there, you're bringing everything out, cooking the kind of meal you didn't cook before. I remember when PK and PM were at us. And my wife, I said, dear Lord Jesus, I've not even used this. I'm not going to say that. But I'm holding it against her. All right. But he, and I'm, I'm serious. I mean, she said, you, you're going to take me to the market. I said, dear Lord, I didn't even go to the market for myself. Now, and when they left, she now says, oh, you know, I'm thinking of changing the way I'm serving you. I said, all right. So <laughs> Jesus, the creator of the universe. Now, let's even imagine that they didn't consider him as the creator of the universe. Boy, he's raised the dead. You know what I'm talking about? I remember one time having to visit Bishop David Oedipo, and I was in um, a pastor's, I mean, the office just beside his office, and 
visit somebody, it's not him, pardon me, um, um, a pastor there, and the, his son. And then we're talking, and the door flung open. And here was standing the bishop. Now, true life story. I was a friend with me, and I realized both of them jumped up. Every, oh, yeah. And I was glued to my seats. I didn't know whether to stand up, to kneel down, to lie down. I know some of you don't think much about that, but I do. I didn't know whether to roll. I, I was in my entire life. I have never been that confused. And it was when he left. Then I, I looked at, I said, was that the bishop? He said, no, it's his ghost. <laughs> now, so I'm thinking that Jesus, here's the son of the living God coming to your house. Who are going to pull everything plus, I mean, the kind of food we've never cooked before. And and I'm sure Martha was, she knew that, hey, she was going to get audience with the Lord and said, don't you think that Mary should come help me? And Jesus looked at Martha and said, listen, only one thing is needful. Do you need a job? Only one thing is needful. Do you need a child? Only one thing is needful. Do you now hear this? Mark what I said. How many things? Did he say you need these with prayer and fasting? Now someone says, Are you saying we shouldn't pray? Jesus said, If my words abide in you and you abide in me, then you will ask. Prayer is not the starting point. My word abiding in you is the starting point. John 15 7. So, when I'm saying one thing is needful, I mean in excluding prayer, excluding fasting, excluding every other thing, the word will tell you what to add. Are you following what I'm saying here? I want to build a house. Tell me, what are you going to, what's Jesus' instruction? One thing is needful. I want to grow a ministry. What is the answer? One thing is needful. Let me say this to us. Because we have been subtly told that the word by itself is not enough. We have been preached to, we have been told, we have been advised, we, things have been structured in such a way that you find people saying things like, oh, I, I have the word, but Jesus said one thing is needful. Now I need to shock you. That that word needful is not what we think in English. Because when you say needful, you think, oh, it's important. It's priority. No. In the Greek, it means one thing should be your employment. Now, so, many of you have a nine to five. Am I right? Do you like to go to work every day? Now, if you said yes, then I knew I wasn't preaching to the right crowd. There are times you wake up and you are literally cursing whoever made Monday, Monday. Am I right? And then you're coming back. (laughs) Dear Lord Jesus, you guys in Lagos need an extra dose of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. Oh boy. You're coming back and then you have the traffic you have. You know, I live where God lives. Let me explain this. Have you seen a president driving through town? What happens? They clear the road, right? If the roads are constantly free in a city, somebody must be passing there every time. If your roads are always blocked, nobody ain't passing nowhere. 
Let me tell you the sincere truth. I just came here. I just came home, all right? So I'm, I'm not trying to preach at you, all right? But here's the point. The word means, now you could interchange that word needful with one thing should be your employer. In essence, the same attitude you give to your work, if you give half of it to the world, you won't be here. I'm telling you the truth. That attitude of when I don't even feel like it, I go. There are times your boss gives you a file and he turns his back. But you still do it. Why? Because we walk by faith, not by feelings. In essence, he's saying the same thing you are doing with your job. Do half of it with the word. But you know what we want? We want somebody to pray somewhere where they wand over our head. And we say, I received the word. I received the prophecy. And then you go. I always tell people this. Anything you did not get by the word does not have foundation. Does not have. So he tells us the word has to be preeminent in your life. It has to be given priority. When you leave this place and they ask you, where do you work? School of the word. Did you hear what I said? And so if you're working in the school of the word, what is your attitude going to look like to the word? Hallelujah. Now, and I know some people are saying, but you know, sometimes I read the word. I, remember I told you I just came here to share a foundational message. Some people say, I read the word, but I don't understand it. We don't read the scriptures to understand. I know you're shocked. How many of you eat food to taste food? You say, this morning, I, I, I'm eating bread and egg to taste the egg. And every morning you're a taster. Imagine you married a taster. The, <laughs> and that's what he does every morning. What do you do when you're hungry? Eat. Even when you're not hungry, your rhythm is already created in such a way to just eat at a certain time. How many of you remember the taste of the food you ate? Except it's very alright. But how many of you remember the taste of the food you ate this morning or this afternoon? Many of you don't. But here's the problem. You say, I'm reading the word and the reason I'm not reading it is because I don't understand it. No, 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 sir. We don't read the word to understand it. So I say, so why then do we read the word? I'll explain this. How many of you eat consciously to taste food? You don't. But do you taste it when you eat it? Yes. So if you're going for tasting, you're not going to eat like you should eat. But if you eat like you should eat, you will keep tasting. So understanding comes after discipline. Somebody says, the reason I'm not reading much is because I don't understand what I'm reading in the book. Keep reading. So number one, the word must have what? Preeminence. The word must become your employer. Somebody says, I don't have time to read the word. Go and tell your boss. I don't have time for that file today. No, no, you, you know the way some of us talk. We just talk anyhow. The reason is because I'm a very, very busy person. If you know my schedule, my schedule. Who is schedule? <laughs> if you know my schedule, the way I walk, this Lagos is very harsh. It... <laughs> Hear this. When you realize that your word of God is your employer, you don't schedule the word around your life. You schedule your life around the word. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? Somebody said, uh, Pastor, and I've been asked this question several times. How do I balance my life and the word of God? You don't balance it. I don't know where we get these things from. Huh? Okay. You know the meaning of balance. It means they have equal value. So how then do you get to the point of saying, I want to balance everything I'm doing in my life with the word of God. I want to balance being there for my wife. I want to balance being there. Hear this. If you are there with the word, you will be a better husband. If you are there with the word, you will, whatever it is, you'll be better at it. Are you following what I'm saying here? You will be. So we don't balance our life with the word. We give the word priority. Praise the Lord. Number two. It says, and the word was with God. Now, underline that preposition with. Very important. Now, when you read with, it does not mean it was standing beside God. Because how will you see word that is standing? That's not what it means. The word, that word is the Greek word pros. And it's a preposition that shows direction, movement. That shows direction. Oh, something is moving in this direction. Moving in Pastor M's direction. And so when he says with, does not necessarily mean, and that's not to say it's wrong, but does not necessarily mean that, oh, you look into heaven and you see the word beside God. That's not what he was talking about. Now, so the second thing he shows you is that the word gives instruction. Now, very important here. There is no revelation that is true outside of the word. There's nothing God is going to tell you that will contradict the scriptures. Absolutely nothing. Let's get that settled. I don't care how long you prayed and how long you fasted. Whatever it is that you came out with must align with the scriptures. And let me quickly say something to us. Many of those prayers to hear God is already answered in the book. If you carry the book. You do less of all of that. Now, if you know anything about me, I pray a lot. I love to pray and I love to fast. I already look like it. So, so I'm not saying you shouldn't fast and you shouldn't pray. Number three, and the word was God. Say that with me, and the word was God. That's talking about the character of the word, the integrity of the word. It says the word was God. You can take the word to the bank. Listen. And I'm going to explain this because this is just foundational. In my last five minutes, I'm going to show you some things that would revolutionize your life forever. I was somewhere praying and I had taken some days out, several days to fast and to pray. And one of those nights at about 1 a.m. I was walking and I was talking to the Lord about something. And this was about 1 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I was talking to the Lord about something. And I heard the Lord say to me, he said, I have commanded an officer to be with you. I'd never heard anything like that in my life. And immediately, it floated into my consciousness, 2 Kings chapter 8. Now, I was far from my room. So I ran back quickly to where I was lodged to pick the Bible. And I saw in the scriptures that the king had called Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, to come tell him how many miracles Elisha had done. Like I've heard a lot about your boss. Come tell me about him. And he was gisting him. And he got to the point where he was gisting him about. There was a certain woman who didn't have any child. And boy, can you imagine? As the prophet spoke, she got a child. You see there. She got a child in all dress. And as he was saying that, 
the woman walked in. She had been out of town because of famine. She walked in and she came to meet the king to say, I want all of my land that was lost. I want everything that was lost restored back to me. And the girls, I said, oh king, this is the woman I was just telling you about. And the king, now look at verse 6, I believe. Look at verse 6. Can, can we have it up the screen? And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, restore all that was hers. And all the fruits of the field since the day that she, she left the land, even until now. Okay. So let's imagine that you started a business and you lost all. Your capital or whatever it is in that business. For whatever reason, you can't recoup anything. So you go to God, oh God, you know, it's not fair. I've lost everything. I hope you know that there is no, no, no hearing with God talking that way. It's not like that. Because it says the word has to abide in you first. The only thing you can hold God to is not what you cry to him about. It's what he said. The problem is many of us are using emotional manipulation on God. Did you see how much I cried? You now want all my family to be laughing at me. Since when? Did you not hear that when Israel was beaten by I, a small country, and Joshua went to meet God and said, God, ah... After we defeated Jericho, this Mohai now defeated us. Don't you know what they will say? God said, who cares what they will say? Hear this. It is you that is running after reputation. God's reputation is not tainted. You think he cares what you say about him? Do you know since when they've been talking about him? Hey, go and read the Bible. Jesus came. Do you know how many things they said about him? He said, he's a wine Bible. Jesus said, where is wine? Let me drink more. I mean, anything. Jesus said, when John came, he didn't party. You people shouted, shouted, shouted. Some of you want to kill your life because of social media. Continue. Shouted. Jesus came. He started partying. They said, ha, prophet. So, I mean, God said to Joshua, he said, you think I'm concerned about that? And it's the same way many times. God, don't you know that my mother, some of you, the reason you want to succeed is so as to show your family. I was praying, let me tell you, God delivered me from some things long ago. I was praying many years back. This was on campus as a student. And the Lord said to me, now you know there are times the Holy Spirit um, witnesses to you and there are times where it's the authoritative voice of the Lord himself. He said to me, he said, son, when I rose up from the grave, I didn't show to my critics. He didn't go and meet the Roman soldiers or Pilate or any of them to go, didn't I tell you? I don't rise. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. It's you that buy that car. You now put it on social media. I say, small girl, big God. You see. <laughs> the problem is, you are not staying with the word. When you eat the word, it becomes your satisfaction. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? When you eat it, you are not desirous of what another person has to say. That does not matter to you. What matters to you is, I want my life to look like the word. That's what matters to you. And I tell people, you see, taste is acquired. It's acquired. You know, some of you, I, I mean, my wife and I, I mean, we've traveled at different points. We've gone to places. Now, she is more adventurous. Listen, just give me my rice. I don't. I, I have never understood it why under heaven you eat something that is not rice, that is not yam, spaghetti, and eba. What else? They'll say, this is, this is bolognese. 
I don't do it. I don't do it. I'm like God. Same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm like God. <laughs> I don't do that. But, but how many of you have tasted maybe the real Chinese rice? I hope you know the Chinese rice we eat here is not Chinese rice. They've tasted, they've flavored it for you people. Uh-huh. Now, if you've eaten the real one, I, ah, what's this? I don't know if you've eaten like you've traveled and then they said this is going to be really nice. If you taste that, oh boy, you, you, it's amazing. It was made by a chef. Can we call the chef to tell you? What? And then they come and they start telling you a story. You know, this was burnt with this. What are you burning? Give me food and let me eat. Now, I have tasted some of these things. And when you eat it, you're shocked. Many years ago when I didn't have money, I took my wife. I was, I was trying to show her that I'm a big man. I went to eat somewhere inside this lucky. How many of you have taken your wife and after they brought the bill and you ate the food? No, seriously, I wanted to curse them. I'm like, what was going on here? So here's the point. Do you realize that the same way their food does not taste well to you, yours does not taste well to them? Why? Because nobody was born with taste. You acquire taste by what you eat. Alright. When you are growing up, how many of you like to eat pepper always? Not all of us. Many of you, they'll give you and then you separate the pepper. Even some of your kids still do that till now. But you force them, you must eat this one. All you wanted to eat was wafers. The sweet things. Your parents said, no, you must eat this. You grew up and acquired taste for it. And now you love it and you're training your children to eat it as well. Are you following what I'm saying here? In essence, when somebody says, oh, I get bored by reading the word of God. The only way to kill that boredom is to keep reading. You know why you're not bored reading social media? You have read it till you now have a taste for it. Such that if you don't read it in one day, hey, what's going on? Hey, as Prince Harry spoken. That's the only one I know. I don't even know what's going on right now. I mean, so, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You just, you have withdrawal symptom. Ah, ah, they've said something. I've not heard it. I've not heard it. Have you heard? So the Lord gave me that word, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 6. Now, here's what happens. Because his integrity backs this word, I have something to hold him to. Not how I feel. Are you following what I'm saying here? You said you have assigned an officer. That is different from why have I not seen anything change? Are you following what I'm saying here? Nobody can deal with God outside his word. Nobody. Nobody. And I just showed you this. This is how God works our lives. I was praying about something. The Lord gave me this scripture. Now, so people may have read this and you didn't see this. Didn't minister to you that way. I'm going to talk to you in the last five minutes about eyes that see. Where God opens your eyes and you start seeing. That's why I told you milk and meat is the same scripture. It's not different. Somebody will read this and say it's milk. What's inside this one? Let's go into the deeper things. Some people are building things with this. And if you have lost anything, God has assigned an officer. Till it's restored, he does not leave. Hear this. A man with the word is unstoppable. I don't care what you think about him. He's unstoppable. Unstoppable. So the integrity of the word. Say this. The word has integrity. 
Number four, this is amazing. Go back to verse two, I believe. John chapter one, verse two. Look at it. He says, the same was in the beginning with God. He repeats it again. So write this down. The word is sufficient. The same. What we start with is what we continue with. Did you hear what I said? Because the devil will come and attack anything and everything. But we stay on that same word. What he has said and what we have heard. Glory to God. So say with this with me, the word is sufficient. Let's run verse, the, the fifth one. It says, all things were made by him. And write this down, the word is creative. The word is creative. You know, I was sharing with them several months back. That when you study in Genesis chapter 1. The first time God communicated was in verse 26. When he said, let us. But from verse 1 down to verse 25, was he talking? He was talking. But was he communicating? He was creating. So our words were not given to us to talk. You must understand the principles of first mention. In essence, in scriptures, wherever something is mentioned or referenced first, it gives you the foundational thought God wants you to have about that subject. God could have said, oh, let us now recreate the earth. Genesis 1, 1. And then in verse 2, he says, then God, what did he say? In the beginning, God created. And God kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. Then he gets into verse 26. And then he says, let us make man. That was the first time he used it to communicate. But we have it the other way around. We're talking, but we're not creating. Hear this. The most creative force on earth is the word. It will create babies. It will create houses. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Listen, if you know that only one thing is needful and this word works, it will create anything that you desire. Let me tell you a story. It's in the Bible. One day Jesus gets to the shore and then he tells the, these guys, Peter and his brethren, who had toiled all night long to catch fish. And just to give you some principles, the reason they toiled all night was because the only time to catch fish in the Sea of Galilee was at night. It's not like our bar beach that is not clear. It's clear. So once you put your leg inside, all the fish will run away. So it has to be at night where vision is reduced. Then number two, the, it was a lake, not really a sea, which meant it was fed by another water body, a sea. At the point where that sea joined the lake, usually the fishermen will stay just beside it, the shallow side, and cast their net to the left side. The water was coming this way, their boat was this way, they will cast their net to this side. Because... The water was bringing the fish. So as he was bringing them in that torrent, they entered the net and they carried them. They did all of that. They didn't catch anything. Then Jesus comes. He says, number one, move into the deep. Where do we catch fish? Shallow points. Not in the deep. Number two, this was daytime, not night. Number three, he says, cast your net to the right side. In essence, he broke all the laws of business. But the word of God, spoken forth, will never return void. Hear this. All you need to have is one word. That's all. 
That's all. I dare say that even when you don't have faith for it, the word will carry you. You see, all this, I'm working, I'm, I'm faithing it. You are not yet in the word. No, no, no. If you have seen something, it's the word that's not carrying you. It's not you carrying the word. He said, you see, I'm confessing it. I'm co- I love what Pastor Midra said. He said, we believe it and we say it. That's what David said. He said, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing. And then you ask him, are you in faith? I, I, I am, I am, I am, I am. But you can tell. There's a point you enter. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying here? I'm saying to you that if you want to build anything, do anything, start with the word. That's it. Start with the word. Look at this. Six, in him was life. I'll just run through this. The word is living and active. And number seven is where I want to round up with. Because this is an important thought for you. It says the life is the light of men. Now that light there is talking about prophetic illumination. This is important. It's talking about prophetic illumination. And this is what the Lord said to wrap up with and then we pray. When Jesus showed up at that synagogue the first time, so you know what Jesus said? The Bible says he found where it was written concerning him. So the first thing he did was to find where it was written concerning him. Have you found where it is written concerning you? Do you know they did not write Jesus in that scripture? So it's not because they said Jesus. No, 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 no. But he knew that this scripture, then observe what he said, sir. He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Sirs and mas, what was the scripture? Can we read that scripture? Look at what it says. Verse 18, where it was written. Look at verse 18. The spirit of love is upon me because he anointed me to preach. Had he preached before? Has he preached any message before this? What did he say next? To heal the brokenhearted. Had he healed anybody? Look at the next thing he said. To preach deliverance to the captives. Look at what he says again. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. What day did he say it was fulfilled? The day he did it or the day he found it? In essence, you could have waited till he preached and then he said it has been fulfilled. But a man in the word is more real than a man in action. So, what I'm trying to get across to you, there's there's something that's called the opening of your eyes. Where the scales drop, and when you see that scripture, you know this is me. You are not saying this will happen, you are saying this is me. I found me. I've seen who I am in the word. That's why it's called a mirror. That mirror is not showing you what you look like to yourself. It is showing you who God says you are. Jesus was not saying, I am the son of Joseph the carpenter. He says, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. So the labor that we must labor is to find where it is written. Stop looking for a prayer warrior over your life. Find where it is written. Because Jesus said to Mary, he said, only this cannot be taken from her. Every other thing can be taken, but whatever she hears cannot be taken. In essence, if you destroy what a man built with the word, he will build greater. Dear Lumudi, in the great fires of Chicago, his church was burnt down. 
Nothing left. Then DL ran into the burning fire. Fireman said, stop. He said, no. He came out with his Bible. They said, is this what you went to get? You are risking your life for? DL said, this built this church. He said, the words in this book is what was raised down. He said, I will build it in no time again if I have this book. Are you following what I'm saying? Not a connection. Seeing yourself in the word. And hear this. This is the prayer we must pray. Job 42 verse 5. I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ear. But now my eye seeth thee. In essence, Pastor K has preached it. But now my eyes is seeing it. I've heard, I've listened to several things. But now my eyes is seeing something. Are you following what I'm saying here? What you see cannot be taken from you. Listen, if I had time, I was going to show you this. Ma, do you know in John chapter 9? Uh, okay. <laughs> do you know that in, is it John chapter 8 or John chapter 9? The Bible says that Jesus opened the eyes of a blind man. Then they said, never have we seen this done before. Do you know the only miracle that was not done in the Old Testament was opening of the blind eye? There's no record that the blind eye was opened in the Old Testament. Waters were parted. Food was multiplied. Every other miracle that Jesus did was done. Say even dead was raised. Save the opening of the blind eye. Which means, hear this and never forget this. The greatest work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to open your eyes. That's the greatest. So when a man says, I want a car, he has asked for the lowest. But when a man says, Lord, I have heard of you with the earring of my ear. Open down my eyes now that I might see something. Then he's touching on the nerve of God. Are you following what I'm saying here? We're not talking about just, oh, you know, we just came and we clapped our hands. As you are singing that song, Kalabade, Shedege, you are looking for something. Because once a man encounters light, he does not have to strive anymore. Are you following this here? Listen to this. The difference between men is not action, it's light. Galatians chapter 2 verse 2, he says, I went up by revelation. So when Paul says that I was greater than them, not because he labored more than them, he said, I went up by revelation, not action, revelation. So two men can be doing the same thing, but the operating software is different. They said in the name of Jesus, come out, the demons slapped them. And not the demons then said, Jesus we know. Paul, you know it's enough if they said, Jesus we know. But then they said, Paul, we know. A man, we know. Who are you? Which was what the devil was asking Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying here? I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ear. You have to declare a fast over this. Are you following what I'm saying here? I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ear. He says, but now my eyes see thee. Job said something powerful. He said, he said, that which I know not, teach thou me. Are you following this here? So that's the prayer we're going to pray tonight. Let me tell you a story. John Austin, the father of Joel Austin. And we're going to pray. And as we pray tonight, your eyes will open. Did you hear what I said? You will see the same scripture. And the next 25 years will be outlined for you. Hear this, I have been saying this for as long as anyone has known me. There is no loss to the believer. They think I joke when I say it. No loss. 
Somebody says, how come you talk like that? I have found in the scripture. It's not just talk. It's not just talk. You take it, he multiplies it. It's not just talk. No, do you imagine a man seeing in scripture, I have commanded an officer. Do you know I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, and then I thank you for the officer. Do you know, do you know the consciousness and the confidence with which you walk? No, we're not talking about calling me device fables. Pastor Emma, I read in Peter. When I read it, I, I shock. You seen that he shocked you? He shocked me. No, I shock. Peter said, we have not followed cunningly devised fables. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty on high. When on that mountain, God crowned his son with glory and honor. PM, did God carry glory and place on the head of Jesus? They saw him carrying glory like this. And then they gave him honor. They said, ah, he now has glory and honor. What was it that God did? He spoke words. They knew that transaction on earth is by words. Are you following what I'm saying here? In essence, there was a king on the throne called Saul. But words had been spoken about somebody else in the secret. So who are you? Some people are sitting on your chair. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying here? Words had been spoken in the secret. Somebody else was king. John Austin told this story, and we're going to pray now. His aunt was sick. I always tell this story everywhere. His aunt was sick for over 18 months with cancer. The woman could not eat again. They had given her a few months to die. And they said, just go home and die. So she had a room where they kept her. John said every day he would go there and pray for the woman. Nothing will happen. I don't know how many of you have prayed about things and nothing has changed. Stop praying. Did you hear what I said? John 15, 7. Put it up on the screen. Tell the person beside you, stop praying. No, no, no. Stop praying. I want to show you what to do. John 15, 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask. So the reason you are asking is not because you have needs. It's because the word abides in you. Why are many Christians asking? Because they have needs. Prayer is not a, the, the declaration of your want and your needs. <laughs> Prayer is the declaration of his provision. So no man truly prays till he has found what God has done. Are you following what I'm saying here? John said they prayed. Nothing changed. Brother Hagin prayed. I mean, he was friends with Brother Hagin. All these people prayed. Nothing changed about this woman. One day he was in his study. He was reading where Jesus said, this time shall follow them that believe. And as, you see, by the time we are done with this meeting, as you go back home, in the next few days, the next few weeks, I pray this, the Lord, listen, and when I pray, God answers my prayer. You're going to begin to have what we call visions in the word. Which means as you open the book, you will see. Are you following what I'm saying here? Somebody says, is that possible? Yes. Jesus said to Nathaniel, he said, greater that things than this shall you see hereafter. In essence, what I will do for you, Nathaniel, hear this. The greatest thing he can give you is sight. It's the biggest blessing of the New Testament. The biggest blessing. John said as he was reading it, he saw a man walking out of the pages of the Bible. He knew it was Jesus. He said, ah, Lord Jesus. And he began to worship. Then the voice of the Lord came to him. He said, look at it closer. He looked at it and he saw himself. 
He suddenly discovered that they that these signs shall follow not Jesus, but those that believe. And he saw himself. He had a vision in the word. Intoxicated with that vision. You see, that's what I'm saying. That when your eyes see, you are not the one moving. It is the word moving you. Are you it's after you are done, you go, why did I do it? It's after. He says he saw it. He ran to his aunt's room. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then he ran out. He said, then he came back to his mind. 18 months. Rise up and walk. You must be deceiving yourself. After about 25 minutes, his aunt that had not walked for 18 months walked out. That's not a big testimony. She walked out. She sat on the table. Now, I train as a doctor, so I know this. That if you have not eaten for 18 months, you must start parenteral. They must give you, I mean, you can't go and be eating solids. The aunt said, I want solid. Not only solid, spicy. She had cancer of the stomach. Observed that all he did was intoxication with revelation. That's all. No hassles. He said, when she argued and argued, they gave her the food. She ate, she ate, she ate. After a while, he looked at her. He said, aunt, let's have a conversation. What really happened? Auntie said, you know, I, 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 you know if, if she's like us, Praise Master Jesus. Oh. As I was in my comatose state, these were her words. Hear this carefully. She said, I heard the voice of the Son of Man. I heard Jesus say, rise up and walk. John said he jumped up. You can get the book, Confessions of a Baptist Boy Preacher. He, he jumped up and he looked at his aunt. He said, Jesus did not come to your room. I was the one who came and said, rise up and walk. Then they started arguing. He said, I know your voice, John. The voice I heard was the voice of Jesus. After about 12 minutes, these were his words. He said, suddenly it dawned on him. That when I see myself in the word, Jesus takes my place in the spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? So he said here, rise up and walk. Jesus echoed it in the... Are you getting what I'm saying here? Let me explain it this way. You wake up in the morning. As you are looking at that scripture, you suddenly see it. My gates are continually open. Which means there will never be a day without business for me. Never. 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 My gates are continually open. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So you walk to your office and somebody comes to meet you. He says, I've been under pressure. I've just been under pressure. What pressure? I've been under pressure. Somebody has been calling me to come and talk to you. What about? I have this deal. All of a sudden, you find out that things are moving in your favor that you could not have thought of. Let me tell you this here. Any miracle you can say the A to Z of is not from God. Which means, because I've heard some intellectual preachers say rubbish. Which means, if God, go and ask Moses how the Red Sea parted. He will say, God said, stretch for the rod. That's the last I know. But how rod and water mix, I don't know. Are you following what I'm saying in essence, if God says, stretch for the rod, no, you go and do it now. Enter your bathtub now. Put water inside bathtub. Carry your morogun, that thing you used to mix and buy in the house. Carry it now and stretch it on the bathtub. You enter if you will not drown inside. A man stands not before bad beach. Ten times of bad beach. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Carries a crooked rod. He stretches it. The thing. Listen, I have children. I have three children. You cannot keep kids on a straight line. If they tell me that Red Sea part, I won't pass. 
Not because of me. My first son will enter water. What you don't understand is when you read it, it does not mean it parted. The Hebrew word means it congealed. You thought this side block. You thought this side block. How do you explain it? A man heard from God. The days have come where you are going to do things that will baffle your mind, that will baffle your world. Are you hearing me? Why? Come on, somebody shout it. Light has come. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Not the one that you go for one, somebody waves one wand over your head. They give you a miracle. Wahala come, you have to go and meet them again to sustain it. But you cooked it with the word. You can recook it again. Uh -uh. Somebody shout, light has come. No, you are not shouting like you mean it. Light has come. You see that Eco Atlantic? Your property is there. He says, listen to me, all ye islands. I was with Barrister Paul earlier on today. I said, is that Eco Atlantic? He said, yes. I said, my property is there. I didn't say anything else. Because as I looked at it, the word came to me. Listen to me, all ye islands. I said, Eco Atlantic, listen to me. No, listen. I did not pray that I wanted something. I just saw it. Scripture, come. Uh-uh. 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 It's you that is praying. Oh, Father, these are my seven prayer points. First one is Echo. Second one is Atlantic. Third one is my mother-in-law. No, 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 no. We are seeing Scripture. Are you following what I'm saying here? Seeing Scripture. Job chapter 42, verse 5. Somebody praying in the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Job chapter 42, verse 5 on the screen. Job 42, verse 5. Can I have it up the screen? Pray the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Please, oh, I lived in Lekki before. I know Lekki kind of prayer. We are praying kingdom prayer now. If I told you to pray to kill somebody, I know how you pray. But this is light. Somebody with your loudest voice praying in the Holy Ghost. 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 Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Wherever you are, lift your right hand towards heaven. Say this after me. Wherever you are, say this after me. I have heard of you. By the hearing of my ear. I have heard many sermons. I have listened to many messages. But tonight. And from henceforth. My eyes see at thee. Go ahead and pray in other tongues. We have one minute more to pray. I want you to pray with your loudest voice. This is the secret. Revelation. We go up by revelation. We go up by lights. We go up by revelation. We go up by lights. Not by might. Not by power. Not by effort. But by light. 
One minute more, come on. Which allowed this voice? Which allowed this voice? Which allowed this voice? Sokoto no boko rodabaka shatakabaya. Lera tata tala boko shoto kobonto kobregede gele boko shatarabasa. Rakatakabanto lo boko shakatala babrodo de boko satire. Hallelujah. You know why you have to pray like this? Isaiah 29 verse 12. It says, the book is delivered to him that is not learned. Saying, read this, I pray thee. And he said, I am not learned. If you read verse 11, it says, the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. Which men deliver to him that is learned. Saying, read this. He says, I cannot read it for it is sealed. The Bible is a sealed book. To the theologians, it's theology. To the academicians... It's a textbook. But to us, it is life. To us, it is what? Life. That's why we pray. Because you don't understand it with your intellect. How do you find an officer has been appointed to you? How do you find it? James chapter 1 verse 20. Let me show you this and then I leave this place. James chapter 1 verse 20. Can I have it off the screen very quickly? I, I wish I knew how to use TPT. Mercy. When PM is preaching like this. The message is passionate because of... Uh, I don't want wrath of God. Move on. Verse 22. Let's go to verse 22. I want to show you something. Verse 22. Verse 22. Okay. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, when you hear this, what do you think? If the word says don't steal, I will not steal. Right? Well, right. If the word says don't lie, I will not lie. You're wrong. Verse 23, follow it. I want to show you something to let you see that sight is everything. Anything you are struggling with, you don't have sight on yet. He didn't call us to try. He called us to do. Do you know what it means when he says to do the word? Have you ever gone to try to start your car? What do you do? You start your car. How many of you have gone to try to um, go to school or to go to work? What do you do? You go, okay, last one. How many of you are trying to be a man? What do you do? Go and be a man. He didn't say to try. He told us to do. Now follow this. This is why we miss it. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, follow this. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse 24. He says, For he beholded himself and went his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So who is the hearer? The man who sees and forgets. Look at verse 25. But whoso look at, say we mean look at, not look. Tell your neighbor, look at. Tonight, look. Wake up by 2 a.m., look. 6 a.m., look. 
Remember, it's your employer. He says, whosoever looketh into the... If we had 10 hours, perfect love, liberty, kaya. He says, and after he says, look at, then he says, continue it where? Daring. He says, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of, not word. Not work. Did you see that? He changes it from word to work. What is the work? See and keep seeing. That's your employment. See who you are and keep seeing. You know, we, we've used it to teach several things. That's not exactly so. What is the work? Whoso looketh, and not only looketh, continueth daring, continueth to look. When you are supposed to be looking, you are chasing one prophetic word somewhere. Do you know prophetic word? If it's, even if it's from God, it came from scripture. What's the problem? They gave you access to president. You say, I want to go and meet Miss um, P.A. You don't know men of God are P.A. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell anybody, look at. Raise your right hand towards heaven. Father, tonight, by reason of the grace that you have given me and the words that you have spoken to my heart, I declare a new day is open to everyone under the sound of my voice. They have heard of you with the hearing of their ears, but from tonight, their eyes see. The Bible says, The seen eye, the Lord made it. Tonight, I bless you with seen eyes. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your toiling and your struggles are over. God's word comes alive to you. You will never be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. I want to believe that you are still dazed by that word. That's why you are clapping like this. Hey! Hey! Please just take him so that I will not be shy because I want to say something. Hey! Please help me celebrate Pastor let him, let him know that we celebrate the gift of God that he is. Hallelujah. Ah. The spirit of God is one. I'm not even sure. I do even, as in. Hey. Please, I want to beg you. Don't go home and say it was a good message. Listen to it. Look, look at, at it. And then wait. Now we first look at, at it. Then we'll continue daring. Look at it at it. I don't even know what I just spoke. But man. Yes, I spoke at it. Wow.
The Bible says he gave gifts as men. How many of us know that Pastor Ayo is a gift? I want us to bless him tonight. I know he would have, he's very shy, he doesn't like that kind of thing. But I want us to bless him. I want us to pray for him. Pastor Ayo is a gift that should be heard by the body. He, he doesn't belong to Petra Christian Center. He doesn't know. He belongs to the body. I want us to pray for him. God will strengthen him. God will keep him. Please pray today. God will keep him. Mandi kedusha tali abrahanda kadusata. Eh malida brakalushte manda kayele bosha. For the word that he has released tonight, he will not miss his reward in the name of Jesus. Man lekerishta. For the many lives that have been set free tonight. Eh kaila brokodoshata. Lekeyeli matosa. Rakadosha. We declare this gift is preserved in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Were you blessed tonight? Shout, light has come. No, I want you to shout it like you believe. You say, light has come. Please be seated. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.